0: I can't focus unless the gun is on the table. Nothing is normal or natural or everything is game. I'm gonna start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed from
1: frequent fire miles. We have to get out of this building. They made the soup out of my research journal. See, this is the, the scene of the movie where you help me out. <laughs> Well, here we go again. Hello, and welcome to <laughs> Wes versus Paul versus Paul versus Predator, the only podcast that I'm aware of about Paul Thomas Anderson, Wes Anderson, and Paul W. S. Anderson. My name is Eric Anderson.
0: And my name is Jeremy Schmidt Anderson. Hello, and welcome to the uh, the every every two weeks the low <laughs> low point of the podcast before we ramp back up <laughs> into the good stuff,
1: Jeremy. Why are we doing this?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are we watching? Do you realize how early we are in Paul W S Anderson's filmography at I this s- point?
0: I started panicking uh, during Event Horizon. That's when it really hit me. Oh no! Oh my god! Like we have really signed up for something that I don't think we realized what we were what we were doing. But we were I you know camp.
1: I think. No, both of us had only seen Mortal Kombat, I think. So, <laughs> like, we were just excited to, I think, just watch Mortal Kombat and see these like goofy action movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I think you know, I listened to some of our Event Horizon episode because I, I do feel bad when I am just totally bashing uh, something that we're covering, right? But that movie deserves it. It's just, yeah. it's so bad. And I'm going to be straightforward with you. I hated Soldier. I hated this movie so much. I really did not like this movie. Did you
0: hate it worse than Event Horizon?
1: I, yes, I did. Wow. Because Event Horizon, to me, at least had, a, like, a goofy twist. Mm. Like, this movie, I man, I don't know. I, uh, I, I could have done without watching Soldier. I hear you. Uh, I hear
0: you. Same here, except I think that... Uh, this movie has something that Event Horizon doesn't have, which is Kurt Russell, who yeah. I do love. But I mean that this movie, unfortunately, is just kind of just nothing. Um, it's kind of like nothing, the movie. But I will say I've definitely seen much worse, much more boring movies uh, in my life. But I also, yeah, it just sucks because we're we're kind of in prison. <laughs> here with with this uh this funny bit idea that we came up with. Yeah. Because like all the other all the other concepts we've picked like final destination or um Chucky even like even the bad ones are like they've got like such a strong hook, such a fun such a fun thing to come to to like come back to.
1: I just man, I I just hate to like do a podcast where I'm like Reagan on a guy for for doing his job. But like and, you know, I it seems like he, he like, you know, I mean, so, some like we saw like shopping is like so far, I think probably the purest uh, replica of uh, of uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's like vision, cinematic mm. vision. And like these movies, I mean, they're not that far off from shopping. So no. I, I imagine that he's kind of accomplishing his visions here. And I just, like, I mean, who am I to, like, criticize a a filmmaker? But just as a guy who's watched a lot of movies, this movie was really boring to me. um, (laughs) And just not engaging at all. And, like, corny. Mm -hmm. And Event Horizon was kind of the same way. But then at the same time, like, Mortal Kombat rocks, yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know. I just. I. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I do go into his movies really hoping for the best, and I really don't like having to be so negative. But I think we're gonna have to be negative this episode. At least I am.
0: I hear you, buddy. Because there's almost this feeling of like, like I could sit down with you and watch like a B movie, like a like a like a oh, yeah. mystery science theater style movie, and have a great time. For some reason, this and Event Horizon don't even really tickle that part of my brain. So no,
1: I love watching a, a B movie. Uh, you know, with people without people. I love I love a B movie. I mean, yeah. we just watched for this uh, for our Patreon. Uh, we just watched the Santa Claus, which I would. I mean, I love the Santa Claus, but I think that is probably a B or C movie. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, you know, had a great time. Soldier, on the other hand, <laughs> had a bad time. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I had sure. also
1: never heard of this movie. Have you? Uh,
0: the only Did you reason know what this was the only reason I had heard of it is because I always get this and Universal Soldier mixed up. Now, Universal Soldier is a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. It's actually really good. Okay. Or you know, it's like it's like a fun action movie. This I kind of thought was going to be the same thing, and then. Yeah, you get into it, and it's like so different, so so crazy. Not, not good at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's like uh, you're right. I, I I also do think that um, Paul W. Anderson, he's not like a victim of the studio system where they keep like, you know, I mean, he thinks that he is with Event Horizon. Like he thinks that they recut that movie and ruined it. But I think all of his movies kind of feel the same. Like even Mortal Kombat, yeah. I can like I can see the DNA of that in this movie, and I yeah. think with Mortal Kombat, it's just like so outlandish, outlandish and fun. Like all the characters are so fun, and and mm-hmm. also they were already like they were already they already came to him packaged in a way. Like he didn't have to like it, all he had to do was like literally shoot what the video game already did all the work for us, which was like telling us who these characters are and like what kind of world this is. Like this is like a thing I've never heard of and don't care about. This kind of reminds me of like boring Judge Dredd. That's kind of how I would (laughs) compare this. It's like boring kind of bad Judge Dredd. Um, I also don't understand how Paul W. Sanderson was able to keep making movies because you know, this bombed. I mean, this is a $60 million movie. It brought in $14 million box office. Uh, Event Horizon also bombed. Yeah. So, like, I wonder what... Why he was in such a good position to, like, keep... To keep doing this. And who was and who kept green-lighting him, you know?
1: I don't know. I guess just Mortal Kombat was his sort of... I don't know. That, I, I'd be interested to see, like... Cause there's a lot of other directors that have done like one big movie and then they've done a couple that were bad and then just stopped getting work. Right. That's obviously not the case for Paul W. Sanderson. So I, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see like other example. I don't know. I got, I got to imagine there's like something good or decent coming up. I really, I mean, I'm hoping so, but yeah, I mean, you the just next... don't yeah. continue to make movies like this. Like, over a dozen times in a row and get away with it.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, the Resident Evil 2002 film was a 33 million dollar project that brought in 103 million dollars. So for whatever reason, it like blew the box office down. Um and I think that's what and I think that's what revitalized his career cuz after Soldier, he ends up making a TV movie. So Oh boy. So yeah, like I r- and I, yeah.
1: Are we? I think we do. We mentioned. I think I mentioned that he does have some TV movies a while back, right? Um, I guess. I should we cover those?
0: I mean, if we can get a hold of them in a reasonable <laughs> way, I, I say yes. Because I actually okay. kind of want to see. Like, I have this like sick fascination with like what he's gonna do with even a worse budget. You know, like, like what kind right. of thing he's gonna make? Like, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I it, the, the his films like I'm starting to understand his style, his directing style, and I gotta say, it's just not my thing. Like, that's the nicest way I can put yeah. it is like the films are just sort of like they look ugly. Like, that I, I hate to be like so judgmental or like that's such a subjective thing to say, but. Like they're just like they all look like they come from the same sort of like they all seem like they're shot in Outworld from Mortal Kombat, like like that kind of butthole, disgusting, um, <laughs> evil world of Outworld. Yeah. Like it really works in that movie because it's like this is different than Earth or something. But like Event Horizon looks like that, Soldier looks like that. From what I can remember of Resident Evil, it looks like that. I just like I just don't dig the way he shoots scenes and his pacing and and the kind of stories he tries to tell like this is like kind of like a it's kind of like just like a mean story like we've we've also yeah. seen it done a million times like this kind of story where like you know you kind of have to like debrainwash the main character into yeah, you know becoming like a regular human being but he's still got all of his it's, it's kind of like rambo a little bit but it's also just at the same time it's like rambo has just a lot more going for it like this is just like ugly and kind of mean spirited and like not yeah just not not really fun the, like the ideas in this if they're not copying another idea it's just not a fun idea <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, <laughs>
1: well, it brings me no pleasure to uh, announce that uh, Paul W. S. Anderson's 2000 TV film, The Site, is available on YouTube for free. So <laughs> oh I think we're gonna... yes, yes. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's like it's not from like an official account. Uh, just some random guy named Gino uploaded it. I love that. And it's been up there for months and it's got 390 views and it's just the entire video.
0: I cannot I mean, wait. The whole movie. I can't wait. That's going to be, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, at least um, I don't have to pay yeah. money to rent it like this. I had to pay <laughs> yeah, dollars do. to rent it on Amazon. I was like, yeah. as soon as it started, I was just like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh,
1: I, I got, uh, you know, I looked into a little bit of the background of Soldier, um, you know, 1998. American science fiction action film. Uh, so this one was written by David Webb Peoples. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I guess I didn't find too much interesting facts on Peoples. I think he wrote 12 uh, Monkeys. Yes. He, oh, he wrote Br- Blade Runner. Oh, great. This guy wrote Blade Runner. Wow. Yeah. He wrote Blade Runner, Unforgiven, and Twelve Monkeys.
0: Yeah, I don't oh. think that this film in, a di- in like, uh, what's his name? Ridley Scott's hands. I don't think it's as bad. Like, I think this film suffers because it doesn't have the most original premise, but also because it looks and is paced so terribly. I think if you give it to a better director, they can probably get something good out of it, because... Yeah, like, what's the common denominator here? If you have Unforgiven, Blade <laughs> Runner, and 12 Monkeys, I think all three of yeah. those are Academy Award-nominated films, if not Academy Award-winning movies. This film is like a tragedy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the film was released worldwide October 23rd, ninety-eight. Upon its release, Soldier received uh, generally negative reviews, but many praised the action sequences... And Russell's performance. Uh, the film was a box office bomb. It grossed fourteen million worldwide against a production budget of sixty million. So it's a lot of money to lose. Uh, yeah. The script was fifteen years old at the time of production, uh, so I guess it was floating around for a while. Uh, Kurt Russell spoke only one hundred and four words in the entire movie. Mm. Despite being in 85% of the scenes. <laughs> I definitely felt that. <laughs> um, during the first week of shooting, he broke his left ankle. Then four days later, broke the top of his right foot. So the entire production needed to be rescheduled. The filmmaker's first shot. Scenes involving Russell lying down, followed by scenes of Russell sitting. Russell standing, but not moving, and so on. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Is Russell a guy that does like a lot of his own stunts? You think?
0: Yeah, he broke his ankle trying to do a stunt yeah, in both. this movie.
1: Um, well, he could have dropped a something, a sandbag on it or something.
0: Yeah, that's true. I <laughs> I imagine so. Kurt Russell to me seems like one of the last like man's man actors <clears throat> of the nineties. <clears throat> you know, like the like he's very much like a John Wayne of modern day, uh, and yeah, I bet he is the type of guy who's like, "I'm tough. I could do this." Uh, I guess I don't know that for sure, but I do know that what makes Kurt Russell so magical to watch on screen is like his performance and his voice and like the way he delivers dialogue and his sort of like Han Solo nature. Uh, all of that is like missing. <laughs> yeah, in this movie because he can't talk, which is like. <laughs> He's not he's yeah. just not that kind of guy, you know? Like you you, you want to give that kind of role to like uh I don't know. I I actually don't know. I mean, I guess you give it to somebody like a Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Somebody who maybe isn't the best at acting.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's very to me, I mean, the action sequences were kind of cool, but yeah, I mean, I, I I guess this is sort of by design. That his performance is kind of robotic, but right, it was like a little too robotic to me. It was hard. It was really hard for me to like care about him. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, so a little bit of weird uh, trivia: Kurt Russell's son Wyatt Russell plays him as an eleven-year-old. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Uh, while listening, uh, uh, while listing the weapons on which Todd is trained, you can see he is capable of using the Illudium PU-36ESM, otherwise known as the uh, bunch of numbers and letters. Uh, this is the same weapon Marvin the Martian is always threatening to use on Earth. Awesome. In the Bugs Bunny cartoon appearances. Awesome. Uh, writer David Webb Peoples has said that Soldier is a, si- a side quell to Blade Runner, uh, which he also wrote, because it takes place in the same universe, and in fact, the vehicles used by the Blade Runner's spinners are also used in Soldier. Um, cool. So yeah, I guess this is actually within the Blade Runner universe, which um, is cool, I guess. Uh, the premise of Soldier was actually based on an unused opening scene for Blade Runner where a group of replicants are dumped and left for dead on an off-world colony. That sounds like a good idea. Should have just done that. <laughs> um, what do you what What do you think of Blade Runner, Jeremy? I don't think we've ever talked about that movie.
0: No, we haven't. I think that it's weirdly yeah, Blade Runner twenty is it forty eight? That was like the best movie I saw that year. Uh, I think, um, and I love the original. And I love all the different cuts of the original, too. Like, I think they're all fun and interesting in their own way. I guess you could say I'm a huge fan. I don't think about it too often, but I really like Blade Runner, I guess. Um, Do you like Blade Runner?
1: Yeah, it's one of those movies where, like, when I'm watching it, I've seen it, uh, you know, five maybe five times, and when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is all right. This is an okay movie. You know, it does does the job. Um, But then afterwards, I'm always, like, thinking about it a lot, which... Mm -hmm. You know, is always sort of the mark of a good movie for me. Is if I'm scratching the old noggin afterwards. You know, right? Um,
0: yeah, it's good. It's it's a really good franchise of films. Like th- with that with that Ryan Gosling version, they really like did a real. They did a really good job with that. You know, like it looks excellent. It like made the universe cooler, which a lot of those yeah. delayed sequels can sometimes ruin the good thing you had going for it. Um, yeah, the vision of it is just like really spectacular. I, I, I so wish that this was done by Ridley Scott or, you know, anybody who had a similar vision for Blade Runner, because, it, yeah, like th- this could have been great. Dennis, uh, vil, uh villain, villain, yeah, villain, you know who I'm talking about? Villeneuve or villain uh no. He's the director of uh, Blade Runner 2048. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well then, yeah. I just didn't know his name.
0: Right. Yeah, he's uh, the um he's directed like everything good. Everything he's directed is great. Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. and he's directing the upcoming Dune. He's like just oh, a yeah. master, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like this is like <clears throat> It's weird because I know Paul W. Sanderson had a very specific vision for it, but one critique I have is the film feels vision-less. Yeah. So I don't really know what to say. It's, like, weird. It's like his vision was just kind of bland.
1: Right. Like, there's this whole thing about, you know, in the production history of Event Horizon of how the studio wanted... To ha- titanic wasn't ready to come out and they wanted to get uh event horizon out sooner than you know paul w sanderson expected and there's kind of you know he said that um you know it's not really the cut it's not really sort of the final product that he would have wanted um but i still think that movie's like a little better than this one. And this there, I didn't read anything about that in this. Like, it doesn't sound like there was any real hiccups in the production process for soldier. No, um, I guess, you know, other than Kurt Russell hurting his feet, right? but nothing major. So like, well, presumably yeah. this is something, you know, a final cut that he was uh, satisfied with.
0: Yeah. I mean, apparently Kurt Russell did like try to get his body in shape and it's sort of delayed production in a way that uh I guess I Anderson blames the look of it not coming together because of how Russell decided to bulk up. Yeah, so by the time his lengthy training had finished the film was about to commence, the El Nino hurricane caused such adverse weather conditions that filming on the selected Jeez. location was no longer possible. So, they, like, they want to do a lot more, like, on location filming, and I guess they had to settle for studio sets, which is why the film looks, I think, the way that it does, because it's like, mm. it looks like it's on a soundstage the whole time. Like, there are almost no locations that look like they're actually there, um, and that's a shame. And you know what? This is actually kind of something that touched my heart, but, like... Apparently, among the garbage on the planet of the USS Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the (laughs) F117X Remora from Executive Decision, which is a Kurt Russell movie, a spinner from Blade Runner 1982, which is the People's movie, and a piece of the Lewis and Clark from Event Horizon, which is a W.S. Anderson movie, can all be found. So it's like, Mm. I think. Paul W. Sanderson, he was like thinking about this movie as like a part of his own extended universe of science fiction films that he was making, you know, like, and, and like, I love that. And I, I think that's really pure to me. That's like a really pure thing. Like he's, he's trying to make a good movie here. Like he's trying to make a good movie and he thinks about his career in terms of like the last movie he's made and he wants them all to kind of tie together in a way. And he, and he, he feels like he's building something, and I think it's just it's a real shame that they all turned out the way they did because yeah they're they're pretty clunky pretty big stinkers. So I guess in a way like a guy like that who thinks about his career in that way like he is mm. like thoughtful and he is trying. So I guess I am glad for the success of Resident Evil because a, a guy like that deserves to have some kind of moniker of success. Um and who knows maybe the, maybe like Alien versus Predator or or Resident Evil, maybe we'll end up like liking those a lot more than these early ones. But, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Like that piece of trivia just made me think. Like, huh, that's kind of sad. It's like reminds me of like. Uh, do you remember the director of Donnie Darko? Um, yeah, uh, he made a movie called Southland Tales. Do you remember that?
1: Uh, it sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, so this movie called Southland Tales. It, it feels like a similar thing to me where. Like, the director just saw it as being, like, this really cool, ex- like, a uh, big, uh, larger-than-life sort of universe. Richard Kelly is the guy's name, mm. and, uh, and he cast, like, he has an all-star cast for this thing, and he wrote a comic book that's supposed to tie into the movie, and you're supposed to, like, read the web comic before go seeing the movie, and it's all going to tie together, and it just, like, sucks. Like, the whole thing mm. just, like, really sucks, but it's such a shame because you like you can tell like he thought it was going to be so good you know and like he put so much like time and effort into it um like the budget for yeah yeah the budget for that movie was 17 million dollars and it grossed three hundred thousand dollars. like wow it's like a tragedy because yeah there's just like a a lot of heart like a lot of heart went into making these these movies that You know, when we watch them, we're just like, oh my God. (laughs) What a (laughs) nightmare.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That's, that is why I kind of like feel bad. But I mean, ultimately, we're watching all of these movies and talking (laughs) about them.
0: Yeah. No. Talking about how we feel
1: about them. I hear
0: you, dude. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I just, uh, Yeah, it's just it is ultimately just sort of a shame like and I think the feeling is less like pissed off (laughs) and more like sad. It's like I don't want to watch these anymore.
1: (laughs) Uh, Clint Eastwood loved the original script and was attached to direct the film for a while. Um, It sounds like this movie like that script what got like was going around a little bit at first and then it like somehow got shuffled in to the middle of a pile somewhere and somehow Paul W.S. Anderson, like, stumbled upon it or something. Like, it seems like it was, uh, the, the original, the script, the original idea and, like, Clint Eastwood being attached, seems, I don't know, it seems like it had somehow just, like, been forgotten or something. Right. uh, Okay, uh, let's dig into the plot here. It's 1996, it's part of a new military training program. Orphaned infants are selected at birth and raised as highly disciplined soldiers dedicated to a holy military routine. Uh, They are trained to be ruthless, obedient killers without any moral code of conduct, and any deemed physically or mentally unworthy are executed. Survivors of the training program are turned into impassive, uh, dedicated fighting machines with no exposure to or understanding of the outside world. So... That's kind of the setup and I guess Kurt Russell's character is one of these guys. Just a yeah. stone cold killing machine.
0: Yeah, it's kind of got that vibe of like uh they're kind of like clockwork orange or whatever to like the kids making them like watch hyper violent things. Yeah. Get them all ready for battle or whatever.
1: Yep. So uh, in <laughs> 20, sorry, I didn't, <laughs> I just realized That's I did not so intend funny. to audibly <laughs> yawn. Uh, in 2036, at the age of 40, uh, Sergeant Todd, 3465, is a battle hardened veteran and the best soldier of the original 1996 infants. Uh, Colonel Meekum, the leader of the original project, introduces a new group of genetically engineered soldiers designed with superior physical attributes and a complete lack of emotion except unparalleled aggression. So are these things, they're not robots, technically. These are, like, real, they're living, right, these guys?
0: Yeah, I thought, well, I almost got the sense that they were, like, clones or something. Mm. Like, he breeds them. Yeah, genetically engineered. So yeah, it seems like test tube situations here, but I got the okay. feeling that they bleed like human beings. You know, like they're not replicants either. They're not like robots. I I don't think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's that was my impression too. But I was a little unclear for a, for a while. I was because they seem very robotic. But uh,
0: yeah, I don't know.
1: <clears throat> Captain Church, the commander of Todd's unit. Insist on testing the abilities of the new soldiers against those of his proven older ones. So this is not Gary Busey, or is... That is. Which one is Gary? Captain okay. Church
0: is Gary Busey.
1: Um, they are trained to be... Uh, let's see. I already did that one. Yeah, Captain Church. The new soldiers outperformed the old soldiers in every way. In a combat exercise held at the top of climbing chains, a new soldier, Kane 607 easily defeats two of the original soldiers before Todd gouges out Kane's eye. Kane knocks Todd from the top of the chains, though he is presumed dead. The body of another soldier actually cushioned his fall, and he is simply stunned and knocked unconscious. Uh, Meekum classifies it as a training exercise gone wrong and orders their bodies disposed of like garbage, declaring obsolete by Meekum the... Remaining older soldiers are removed from combat duty and demoted to menial, unarmed support roles.
0: Hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, I don't know. So there, his body gets chucked off onto, I guess, a garbage planet. So this is the year 1996, I guess, right? So this isn't (laughs) some, like, future... Because this movie came out in, like, 98.
0: When we came out in 98 this I is... I don't think this is This is 2036 though. Oh. Yeah, cuz he's 40 I, I think. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. Um perfect. Uh yeah. So dumped on Arcadia 234, a waste disposal planet and injured Todd Limps toward a colony whose residents crash-landed there years earlier, uh, as they were believed dead. No rescue missions have been attempted. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts on these, this group of weirdos that lives on this planet?
0: I mean, they're. Uh, I would say that to describe them, they're kind of like very low rent versions of sort of characters you'd see in, like, a Mad Max movie who aren't, like, the bad yeah. guys, but they're, like, yeah. you know, they're all hobbling, wearing, like, pretty primitive uh, post-apocalyptic gear, and, mm-hmm. you know, they just seem like a colony of, of generic, like, space outcasts or whatever, but not in, like, a cool Firefly way, and, like, kind of like a... Like, they're just all kind of dirty and living in caves is sort of the idea I think, right?
1: Yeah, uh, Todd is found and sheltered by Mace, and he and his wife Sandra help Todd, uh, nurse Todd back to health. So, Todd, uh, Mace is uh, what the heck was his name? The actor is Sean Pertwee. Yeah, did you recognize him, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, well, he's in Event Horizon for sure,
1: and he's also in shopping, he's like the yeah. bad guy in shopping,
0: right? Yeah, he's he's clearly mm-hmm. one of the uh, cast one of the repertoire.
1: Yeah, this is like uh, this is like Wes Anderson's Luke Wilson. This is right that version of Luke Wilson for Paul W. Anderson. Was um
0: was it Sean Pertwee that was in Shopping? Was he was he in Shopping? Yeah, yeah, he so. was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's Tommy from Shopping because Jason Isaacs is also in Shopping, right?
1: Oh, Jason Isaacs, he uh, plays Colonel Meekum, uh. who's
0: also in, yeah, he's in shopping as the market trader and he's also in okay, Event Horizon yeah. as DJ. So both these guys, Sean Pertwee and Jason Isaacs, they're both, uh, in the very first, I guess the first three Paul W. Sanderson movies minus mortal Kombat. <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, uh, Todd's attracted to Sandra. He's confused by it. Oh, yeah. try to make him feel welcome, Todd has difficulty adapting to the community and their conflict-free lives due to his extremely rigid conditioning. Uh, When Nathan silently looks to him for a defense against a coiled snake, Todd attempts to show Nathan how to protect himself. What do you think of the... What do you think of the snakes in this? Oh, awesome! I, I guess some of these <laughs> like creature effects.
0: Awesome stuff.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't mind. I didn't mind it. Uh, yeah, I mean, stuff. like to, and,
0: to 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 sort of frame this in a positive light, like the action sequences aren't like the worst. It kind of reminds me of like a Starship Troopers or something.
1: Yeah. Um. Nathan's parents intervene and disapprove of this lesson, unsure of how to deal with the silent soldier. Todd's increasing disorientation by exposure to peaceful civilian life manifests into flashbacks of his time battling other enemy soldiers and killing civilians who were in the way. Uh, With Todd's mind deep inside one of his more violent memories, one of the colonists surprises Todd, who nearly kills him, Uh, fearful the colonists expel Todd from the community uh, having been rejected by every society he has known the military and the refugee civilians Todd shows strong emotion for the first time overcome by the loss he quietly cries (laughs) such a a pivotal moment for Todd a short time later Mace and Sandra are almost bitten by a uh, snake while they sleep but Nathan uses Todd's defense technique and saves them. Now, understanding the value of Todd's lesson, Mace leaves to bring him back, regardless of the opposition of the colonists who fear him. Um, yeah. So Meekum and the new soldiers arrive on the garbage planet to garner them combat experience. So I guess they ju- they're just going there to like. Break like fight each other. Yeah, yeah. I guess other it's people like, for experience.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's like they're the they're the ultimate they're the ultimate evil, right? Because they're like intentionally going and like killing slaughtering people for training. Yeah, right.
1: Uh Since the world is legally listed as uninhabited, Meekum declares the colonists as hostiles to be used as the targets, much to the disapproval of Captain Church. Just after Mace finds Todd and apologizes, the soldiers spot them and open fire. Todd survives, but Mace dies from the attack. Though outmanned <laughs> and outgunned, Todd's years of battle experience and superior knowledge of the planet allow him to return to the colony and kill the advance squad.
0: It's also so, like, such a great coincidence that Mace dies. So that Todd right. can get with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, good for... Good for Todd. Good for him. Uh, let's see here. Nervous that an unknown enemy force uh, may be confronting them, Colonel Meekum orders the soldier to withdraw and return the with heavy artillery. Uh, using guerrilla tactics, Todd up- maneuvers and kills all the remaining soldiers. Kane607 is wounded and uses painkillers and performance-enhancing stimulants to attack Todd in vicious hand-to-hand combat. But he is ultimately defeated by Todd's experience and clever tactics rather than mere physical prowess. So, (laughs) um, that happened. Yep. (laughs) I, I'm trying so hard To like have a take On this movie Yeah But I feel like I've already made My feelings pretty clear And uh
0: It's also to be like honest with you Yeah it's down the barrel
1: There's not a lot
0: Yeah it's just It's just a movie about. Down the barrel Like it's just There's nothing Really surprising about it It kind of moves At the same pace A normal movie Would operate the, you, All the beats Are very predictable Like you get yeah. it Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, this might be our shortest episode ever. (laughs) I'm I'm definitely okay okay with that. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Todd confronts Meekum over the radio, declaring his new soldiers obsolete. Panicking, Meekum orders Todd's old squad to set up uh, and activate a portal doomsday device powerful enough to destroy the planet before commanding the ship to lift off and leave the squad behind. Uh, when Captain Church objects to the abandonment of the old soldiers, Meekum shoots him in cold blood. Uh, Todd finds his old squad and they silently side with him over the army that has discarded them. Uh, they take over the ship, evacuate the remaining colonists, and leave Meekum and Church's aides on the planet. In an attempt to disarm the nuclear device, Meekum accidentally sets it off, killing himself and the aides. The ship escapes the shockwave. And sets course for the Trinity Moons, ah. the colonists' original destination. Um, good for them. Uh, when they, when Nathan enters the control room and reaches for Todd, he picks up Nathan and points to their new destination, while looking out upon the galaxy. And uh, that's Soldier Jeremy. That's 1998's yeah, Soldier. Yeah,
0: Dad. Okay, Soldier. It is. And Soldier, he will be. Um, Eric, you kind of talked about how he felt about Soldier already, I guess. (laughs) Not sure what to do now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just
1: struggling to, like, have any sort of a take at all other than what I've already, uh, I guess, expressed. And... To be honest with you, I just, like, even the ac- action, I think I've said on this before that I'm not really, like, an action movie guy, and action sequences to me, the reason I don't like a lot of, like, Marvel movies and stuff is, uh, you know, the third act is, like, always just pure action, and I'm more of a... Uh, I don't know, I'm more into, like, dramas and stuff where, like, it's more of a, like, the story is, is sort of, um, I guess the, uh, the, just, like, the conclusion of the story is more, uh, uh, on display. Not to say that that's not always the case in action movies, but I don't know. I just, like, was kind of going back to what you said about the aesthetics of the movie just, like, looking pretty bad. Like, that made me kind of bored, right the action sequences and just my feelings about action sequences made me bored the story itself made me really bored and i guess i just like found myself tuning out once in a while and really like struggling to finish this movie right yeah <laughs> and i i don't know i just I, I guess my thoughts are that i really don't have any other thoughts other than i really don't like this movie. I'm not a fan. Um, did we decide if we can do less than one? <laughs> for, I think we decided
0: uh, it has to be I think I thought we decided it has to at least be one between one and four. I don't know though because I feel like
1: because we gave Event Horizon one out of four. I gave Event
0: Horizon a one out of four too. So that makes me think we had this discussion, but
1: because I remember you wanted to give less. I think
0: I think I wanted to give a point two five to Event Horizon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you know, going by the rules, I will give this a reluctant one out of four. (laughs) Chucky Freckles, (laughs) Jeremy, what are your what, what do you think?
0: Well, I mean, all the stuff I said still stands. I feel like I do love Kurt Russell in general, even though he's not really doing a lot of Kurt Russell stuff in this movie. You know, Kurt Russell is like, for being kind of an action star, he's an unconventional action star, which is another reason why I think this casting just kind of doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like, it needs to be like literally Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. It did like... Kurt Russell is like, he played the president in a movie. Uh, (laughs) So I think like, yeah, I think just like what's really holding this movie back is the look of it more than anything else. The look of it and the style. Uh, But I will say that I did hate event horizon more. Like I did. I did appreciate this film for its storytelling. It's like straightforward storytelling more than i did event horizon sort of goofy backwards sort of complicated none of it made any sense like at least this movie for better or worse makes a kind of sense if you're taking it on the movie's terms so for that mm-hmm. i'm gonna give it a 1.5 because i think i enjoyed oh, this wow. okay. I, I, I enjoyed this too like a like like a 0. 0.5 more than event horizon um gotcha Net, not even close to the heights of shopping, which is a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. But to me, yeah, this this feels like I liked it a, that much less than shopping and that much more than Event Horizon.
1: Great. Um, yeah. So that, that has been our discussion of shopping. <laughs> Next week, uh, I believe we're doing Life Aquatic.
0: Yeah, it's I, Life Aquatic yes. Time. Time to get in the water. The water's fine, oh, yeah. baby.
1: Oh, yeah. Excited to revisit that movie. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We're doing weekly bonus episodes over there where it's No Shave November, so we, we did an episode on Castaway. We're about to record an episode on The Santa Claus. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to do Teen Wolf, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a, a fan request. You can sign up for a tier to force us to do episodes on various movies. Um, although, at full discretion, there is a higher tier if you want us to cover Mordecai. That one's a little <laughs> bit more pricey, but um, everything else is fair game at the uh, the, the, the uh, second tier over there on Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. So, Jeremy... Anything you want to plug before we uh, end this episode?
0: Nah, you can follow me on Twitter at Okrina of Crime. That's about it.
1: All right. Be sure to do that. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams.